told you about this closet? Often's time older. <laughs> That's right. Do you have any idea how dangerous it would be if you got locked in this closet? Drive on in. He thought he didn't see. He went in with a book, then came back out. Yes. Well, your grandfather forgot that even if you can play tricks with time, you can't cheat it. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I'm Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation uh, about Creep Show uh, season three, episode four, Stranger Sings and Meter Reader. Uh, last week, um, we are now in the final two episodes of season three of Creep Show. Um, and um, I should also just say that this is a podcast that normally does watch Twilight Zone. Uh, we've covered the original series. We're going to be covering the new uh, new series, the eighty series, um, starting at the beginning of the year. Right now, we're in um, we're covering Creep Show. So. Um, if this is what brought you to us, welcome. Um, if you guys like the Twilight Zone stuff, not, you know, stick with us. We're getting back to that. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. So just want to remind people. Always forget about our mission statement here on the show. Yeah, and you know, if you, if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, uh, welcome in, and uh, you're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, this is the, one of our little detours we call it, but uh, uh, here we go. How yeah, about- I just feel like we're going to pivot into like a pledge drive now and be like, well, you know, if you just support the show for one dollar. You Have get you, a tote bag. Can you please take a pamphlet, sir? Yes. And, <laughs> and uh, we, we will um, send you a uh, black and white cake uh, with, uh, you know, this is congratulations, senior partner, partner on it, or whatever this cake said in this first segment. Mm. It was the same bland cake over and over again with this different writing, but that's neither here nor there. Um, all right. So, yeah, we're into Creep Show Season 3, Episode 5, uh, Time Out, and then The Things in Oakwood's Past. Uh, we'll start off with the first segment because that would just make the most sense. Let's start with timeout. So, Terry, who we got doing what here? All right. So, for timeout here, our director is uh, Jeffrey January. Uh, we actually just more recently talked about this gentleman uh, for uh, uh, episode three of this season, the last Subaraya he had uh, he had directed as well. Um, if you wanted to get more into his uh, filmography, maybe check out that episode. Um, did you have any more notes on him? No. All right. So then our writer here is, um, I'm terrible with names. So it's a uh, Barrington Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, one other um, credit. I'm not really familiar with that either. It, it's it's coming out. So it's not even out yet. So, mm. uh, And then um, Paul, it's two writers on this. Uh, Paul C. Tatish. Yeah, see, see, touch it. That's my guess for yeah. that. So, uh, six other credits. I I'm not familiar with either one of these gentlemen's work. So, I mean, yeah, good on them. If it's if they're like, hey, we think these guys can can bring us something. That's yeah. cool, right? Like, I'm all about 
Like I, I'm not just because you're not established doesn't mean that you can't bring quality. So that that's good. Um, I do, you know, a, a brief side. I think I like I know we talked last week about um, the meter reader and how that was what um, John Esposito. Like I get frustrated. He's one of the co-executive producers of the show, so it makes me wonder. Like, oh yeah, hey, how does your stuff keep showing up on here? Oh, you're you're a co-executive producer. You're a made man. Yeah, so oh, yeah. there you go. Okay, fine. Anyway, next we're gonna get the janitor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's just like um, I don't know. It's like uh, with with being a Browns fans and, and always having like you know, oh, yep, that's the ownership coming in making changes. They're they're talking to homeless people about drafting Johnny Manziel. Okay, cool. Because that happened. Yeah, get yeah. the man on the street and yeah, to ask like, them what they need to. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, hey, it's like you're 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 a homeless guy, which I mean, you know, you got a whole whole stretch of problems that you got to deal with. Who should our be a starting quarterback? Well, sir, I, while I've been out here <laughs> being homeless, I've come to <laughs> I, you know, I've run some numbers. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what you need to do with those millions of dollars. Uh, yeah, it's like you should draft you should draft me a sandwich and also. Um, Housing and, and a, a job. How about that? Oh no, sir. What about quarterbacks? Okay, well I have I have a top three list here. <laughs> I have notes. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so uh, yeah. into our cast, uh, we have uh, Matthew Barnes leading us off. Uh, he plays Tim. Uh, episode of Vampire Diaries and uh, some other stuff. TV shows that I'm not really familiar with. Yeah, he's also in Swamp Murders, which um, I talked about last week. I think I know it has to be some kind of like. Uh, like crime show or whatever. Um, and then he was also in something called strange angel, which is a paramount plus streaming exclusive series. That was CBS, you know, you know, whatever it was before. Uh, so it's, it, you know, kind of a prestige streaming show. I, I got, you know. I got really confused for my notes here. I put cream. Uh, no, he was not in something called Cream. He was in a s- episode of the Scream TV series. Oh, okay, <laughs> I don't was like Cream. Yeah, it's he, well, he wasn't in that a bunch band. of Wisconsin uh, dairy farmers. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he was also in Atlanta. So, <laughs> so uh, next here we have uh, Devin Hales uh, plays Lauren. Uh, nine episodes of Teenage Bounty Hunters, and then Stand Against Evil. Which I wanted to check that out. That looked I pretty fun. I saw the first couple episodes. I I feel like I'm one of those people that knew that it was a great little show, and that it's like it. I feel like because I didn't watch it, it got canceled because yeah. it lasted um two seasons. I think it has uh Doctor uh, Cox from yeah, uh, Scrubs. Yes. Uh, is it John C. McGinley? I think that's his name, and he's so great. He's just like just re- was it retired? Um, oh. I think I see his retired sheriff, but like his, it turns out his wife passes away and he thought she was like into like, um, like knickknacks and like home goods and like, you know, like a Martha Stewart type lifestyle. Right. But it turns out she was actually like a big time evil hunter and keeping everything at bay in this town. So the moment she passes away, like all, all evils coming back out again. So his, his little thing is like, he didn't believe any of this, but he didn't realize how much the life that his wife did tell him about. And the f- first few episodes were actually really funny, and I I want to guess that the rest of it's great too because I I love him just being just um just angry, Ang- not angry is not the right word, annoyed. It's it was it's it's like Evil Dead adjacent. Let's just put it that way. So, yeah, that's yeah, what it, it looked like from the the commercials and everything. I wanted to check that out. I don't know why I have waited this long, but yeah, well, and now it's canceled. Ugh. Well, there's two seasons, and also she was in a um um Swamp Murders. Just yeah. want to point out as well your Swammer's connection uh, for this episode. Yeah, there's quite a bit of these shows that are coming out right yeah. now that are like all these people are in. But um, yeah. so next year on our credits, though, we have uh, Jibbery Hurges. Har- I think it's uh, uh, Jibbery Hurges. 
Uh, yeah, it's yeah. again. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, terrible. Yeah. But uh, plays Cell in this. I I know that. Yeah, um, and he he was not in Swamp Murders. I verified that. Yeah, so uh, he has twenty five credits. Not familiar with any of those credits, but mm-hmm. uh, he's still he's got a bunch of stuff in the in the fire right now. Yeah, coming yeah, out. he has a bit of a presence this episode. Yeah. and I hope to see him in other things. Like, yeah. yeah. So and then here uh, we have uh, Lauren Richards next uh, plays Mia. Uh, eight credits. Uh, she was in uh, more recently. She was in the movie Venom. So yeah. small part in that. And then next we have uh, Cameron. Uh, Sh- <laughs> I think it's Carmen uh, Shike. Carmen, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I just uh, the, welcome to Strange Highways, in which we talk about stuff and mispronounce every name possible. By that's accident. mostly me, but yeah, yeah. And, but I won't mispronounce this one. He plays Bob. Yeah, Bob <laughs> play. Uh, he was in an episode of Cobra Kai, and then um, next is a well. The funny thing, like he's a, he's a little older, older gentleman. Like uh, he just looks like he just started like acting somewhat recently. So good on him that, that this is like his second act. You know? I thought I rec- I, yeah. I thought I, I thought I recognized him, him as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so, so it goes, but, uh, next is, uh, Shannon, uh, Eubanks, uh, plays Catherine uh, she was in the Patriot and then, uh, seven episodes of the originals, which I wanted to check that out too. It's about a, like a thousand year old vampires or something like that. Yeah. It looks pretty sweet. Uh, she was also in Eastbound and down a couple episodes of in the heat of the night from like the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was Gates McFadden for a second. I thought that was, um, you know, um, Dr. Crusher from Star Trek. The next generation. Oh, okay. I, yeah, know, I can I see just, that. Like, but it's like you know, I, I was just like, wow, they got Gates McFadden, and they did not. So, and uh, there, there is a bunch of other credits here, but the last one that I noted was uh, Grant Feely um, plays uh, young Tim. Uh, he was when he was a younger boy, and this is it. This is like the only credit for that young child. But you know, young, young actor got a lot of stuff in the. Coming up, I'm sure. Yeah, the only other one I put in my notes here. I'm skipping all of the of the Henrys, Henry and Tim's like as yeah. kids. I was like, I'm glad you picked up on one. I have Garrett uh, Zenner as oldest Tim. Spoiler, uh, only act, acting credit because he's on the screen for a second. Works as a production assistant with K and B, so you, you know why he was you know like I gotta hey, get a job at K and B. Like here, I, here I am. This is what I do. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's uh, that's that's the setup here. Uh, so. The story, like it, it's um, I you know, it's a departure from Creep Show, and I'm like I'm. I think we've talked about this over the past few episodes that I'm tr- I'm glad that they're trying to expand what Creep Show can be, because uh, it's like I think you can it's anthology and you can you know like you can go in some different directions and uh, this this is one of those stories where the main character like I don't know it isn't like this isn't like. It, it isn't like you hate this guy. It isn't like you hate his motivations, right? And um, the story, we'll get through it. It's just there's a lot of time jumping, like in terms of his life. So it gets a little, a little rinse and repeat because the same point gets hammered over and over again. But right. they're, they're like, so yeah, I'll let you start off. And we we might have to get into the the time wardrobe and speed this up because there's sometimes it's like, okay, great, you're doing this again, Tim. So. Right. So so the the story uh, begins with uh, comic book panels. Showing a guy in another another country. It's during like wartime, maybe like World War II, I something think it's like World that. World War II, yeah. And uh, they're looking at different trinkets. We see the the monkey's paw. We see like different things. But the one character that they're focused in on is looking at this wardrobe, this very ornate um, decorative wardrobe. And then we go and we go to the present time, and uh, we're at the funeral of this person. So it's just it's implied that. 
he bought this or whatever. So at the funeral, we go into real time. Now it's it's back to like reality. This is real actors again. And we see a little boy and he's going around this house and there seems to be the, the like the eulogy or whatever. What, what do they call they're, that? They're having they're having like um yeah the, the after eulogy, dinner or whatever. They're having the viewing in the house. Yeah, which is like that's um old school. Yeah, I mean that's you know the, that's what we all now call the living room. It used to be called the parlor because it used to be where they'd hold these kind of things, right? right. So that's not uncommon. And I I didn't even think about that. But yeah, the kid the, the the young kids wandering around, going through dresser drawers, finding stuff, and that's when he finds the key to the wardrobe, right? And all there's also a cat. Which I want to put point out here that um, anytime you see a cat or anything like this, it's either the cat's going to kill somebody or it's just going to immediately murk. Harbinger of it's, death. It, yeah, it's either going to kill somebody or it's going to be like out. Like that's just you. The cat's always brought in to show what terrible things going to happen to people, unless the terrible thing happened to people is that cat and the mischievous. You know, like you're doing something that is like you're probably not supposed to be doing. Cats yeah. getting the things they're not supposed to. So that cat was a witch, or they're a witch sometimes. That yeah. could be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we get little Timmy. Um, he he gets the key, and he goes over to the wardrobe and he opens it up. And as he opens it up, we see that it is kind of like it's kind of lit, like with a purplish light. Yeah. And then we hear a mechanical sound, almost like ticking, like a clock. Yeah, gears and all that. Yeah. And he's about to walk in, and all of a sudden, his uh, grandmother stops him. Well, the the cat, which is also named Kitty, by the way, which who names a cat Kitty? Like, would you name a dog Doggy? We like, had a we had a dog named Puppy. So oh. Well, then I guess it wasn't a good name, but I I guess it answers my question. Uh, So, Um, yeah, I mean, if if, if Steve Martin can call his dog shithead, I guess, you know, um, I I guess Kitty Kitty works as well. Right. So the cat goes in the wardrobe and just before before the kid goes in, he gets pulled back by the grandmother. The doors go, go closed. And that's why she's like, hey, you know. You 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 need to be careful. Like she's she is very much aware of what this thing does. The kid's too young to understand it, but she's like, I you know do not go in there, and you'll understand when you're older. And then they say some kind of comment about like, well, I saw Grandpa go in with a book and then come right back out. It's like we don't know how long he was in there with that book. We know that later on this that we don't know we don't know exactly what happened there. Right. We Except we find out the inner work now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then she's like, just remember, you can play tricks with time. You can't cheat it. You know, like that. So, and then she's like, where's the cat at? And he's like, oh, you just walked into the wardrobe. She's like, um, I'll, I'll find him. And then she sends him away and opens the, the cabinet. She opens the wardrobe and it's just dust. Yeah. yeah you hear that? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's, it, it, there's a dust pile in the shape of a cat and she, it, <laughs> she dusts off the, um, the collar oh, and it's kitty. kitty. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. So, and then we yeah. get another fast forward into time where uh, now we got Tim. He's in college. He's hanging out in his dorm trying to study. And his buddy, he wants a party. He sees a couple of girls outside. Oh, guess what? One of them is a girl that um, that our main character, Tim, has been interested in for a very long time now that they've been on campus. And yeah, that. and the big thing is Saul was like, you know, you know, you need to – because he's like Tim's studying for his bar or whatever. Like they're both yeah. wanting to be lawyers. And Tim's like, well, I need to keep going because I, you know, I can't stop. And he's like, well, yeah, but there's girls out there. And Tim's like, okay, I could stop a little bit, you know, like okay. type of thing. So, but Saul so they're is, rubbernecking yeah. out the yeah. out, out the window, yeah. looking at the girls. And Saul's like, hey, I'm gonna do something. I'll be right back. You yeah. know, I have a plan. He's like, you have a plan? All right. And so we get Tim. He's still studying, and then all of a sudden, Saul walks in, 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, there's a uh, right before that uh, we get the delivery, right? No. So it, it, so Tim, so no, they bring the girls in. Uh, so as he goes, as Saul goes away, that's when the wardrobe gets delivered. Right. Because so, and then and like the movers are like, oh, this is for you. And it's like, oh, this is from my grandmother's state. It's like, yeah, there's a letter too. And then when Tim opens the letter, there's the key drops out and there's a note in there saying, um, like, you know, if you ever are short in time, go in, go, you can use this wardrobe for, you know, for this. However, just remember, um, what, stolen hours are never free. He's like, okay, whatever, that's silly. And then the girls come in, and then they they have a great time. And he ends up meeting um, Lauren, Lauren. Yeah. and they hang out for a bit. And there's the, one one of the the character bits you get from Tim is that um, he uh, says like she's talking to him, and he's like, yeah, I want to be um, a good lawyer and a good father because my my dad wanted to be both, and he died when when a car crash when I was young. And so then Lauren is immediately like, wait a second, this guy who's cute who's talking to me wants to be like money-making lawyer guy and top of the like, father of the year doesn't take much to figure out that like they're going to get along pretty well you know like he's you know probably probably got it all right there well know? you know and this dude he's motivated so that's yeah. great you know, he's 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 got a good head on his shoulder he's even once she walks in he's studying he's not yeah. just partying but there there's a little shindig that happens at the uh their dorm that night and there's some beer pong and they're all having a good time trying to figure out each other a little bit and that goes on a little too long because they wake up in the morning and here uh, Tim has slept a little too long because he has a eight o'clock test for the bar or whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. 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 And um, he's woken up at about 725. <laughs> and <laughs> no, I, I just remember like I, in college, I once overslept for one of my finals and it, like, it was a very small campus. I, I just run, run from my dorm to the building, which is like just, it's not that far away, but I ran over and, and I showed up and I looked at my professor. I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm late. He's like, ah, he's like, you got five minutes. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm kidding. Just take the test. Like, I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like just, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. You do the summer school thing. C, 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 C. It was just, it was just funny how dead, dead panty was like, you have five minutes. Like, no. <laughs> like, so I, I can feel Tim's pain a little bit here of like, Oh shit. You know? So, yeah. So, it, uh, Lauren leaves and, Tim's like, all right, I'm going to try to study. And he just starts looking at his book. He gets flustered. He's like, I don't have enough time for any of this. And then he remembers the note that he got from his grandmother. And he grabs the key. And he's like, "Eh, let's give it a try. Whatever. I got a couple minutes to kill here. So he goes into the wardrobe. And he sits down. And he hears all the ticking around him. the, The weird blue light, purple light, whatever. And he doesn't really think too much of it until he looks down at his watch. And the the, the hands of his watch is spinning like crazy. Yeah. Like, well, that's strange. So when he gets out, he notices that the clock on the table has not changed. Well, the first thing is that he brought the key with him because his grandmother said, when you enter this, always have the key. So he went to go exit the wardrobe and he, it didn't open. So he's like, oh, should I have the key? And he uses it to open it, walks out, sees that, um, like it's instantaneous on the outside that when he walked in and walked out, time didn't move. However, there is time in this wardrobe and there's a, you know, so he's like, Oh shit, I could, I can do this. So he bring, brings a blanket and a light and everything. Into the, like, I don't know about you. Like I'm, I'm not exactly claustrophobic, but I would not be comfortable in there regardless of how much time I was saving. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> I would just be like, nah, I'm good. I would get claustrophobic pretty quick. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you're bringing a blanket in there? Like, is it cold? Because I think it's going to get pretty freaking hot in a second with like, I don't know. It's whatever. That's So, yeah, he figures out that he actually has time to kind of still prep, gets the test right before it starts. And then when he sits down by, uh, by Saul... Uh, who Saul was worried. You could tell he's worried by his buddy not showing up. Yeah, he's up on time. sweating bullets because yeah. he's looking at the clock, yeah. and it says right on the bulletin board that it that the test starts at eight o'clock sharp. Yeah. Don't be late. Yeah. And Saul's looking at that clock, and we got like one minute in counting, <laughs> and then all of a sudden Tim walks through the door, and he has a beard now. <laughs> that's see now that's one point here that if you don't, I mean I'm sure you would see it, but like you as a listener, if you have not seen this, you'll get all these points. He was clean shaving prior to coming into this this classroom, and he has a beard now when he's about to take the test. This is a visual cue that Saul's like, huh? Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, you take a testosterone? What? Like I don't know. But um, so he he t- passes the test. He he was able to cram enough while he is in that little wardrobe that he was able to do it, and so. We get another fast forward in time. There's a lot of like time yeah, skips so we, here. We find out that he starts to realize that the wardrobe lets him take as much time as he needs to, to study and prepare. And so we find him still in school uh, later on with he and Lauren engaged. And then um, he's talking to Saul and he's like, hey, also, he's like, I got a house that's nearby where we're going to work at. And then Saul's like, yeah, but that's dependent upon you passing the bar. And he's like, he's like, I'm not worried about that. And, and, and Saul's like, you know, impending marriage, house, like bar, jobs. Like, how do you do all this? He's like, you know, he's like, how do you find all the hours of the day? And, he's you know, a, he's Tim's like, like, that's just an excuse that people make. Yeah. But even Saul's like, you're looking a little bit, a little haggard. And he's like, I'm fine. You know? So it's like, that's when we go forward again, goes, applies to the job for the, 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 you know, law firm. And basically is being very, um, very confident talking to Bob about like, you know, my name's going to be up there one day. And it's like this whole thing about like, you know, give me any amount of work. I'll get it done. And so then we find out that, you know, with this new house, uh, that what he's doing is uh, he left the wardrobe in the garage, will come in at nighttime and do all the work and get it set in the, and put it in the trunk and then still be available for his wife. So he actually is doing, I, I, or, you know, you've probably, it's 2021. We've all heard the phrase work-life balance. Right. He is, he has mastered it, right? Because he can get all his work done and, you know, in the TARDIS, I don't know what, whatever this is, the magic wardrobe, the one from Narnia, he can get all done there in the time box and still be available for work and still be available for his wife. Um, but it's the, the dream. It it's, is the, it's dr- the yeah. dream. So like, so in terms of this being a different type of creep show episode, yeah, he is using something to his advantage, but he's not hurting anybody other than we find out himself. Right. Cause now we're starting to figure out and he's starting to figure out too. Well, yeah, the one ahead. thing that is a real important beat here though, is that there is a ritual to this. Yes, that's So true. he has a sweater, a uh, knit sweater, where he puts that on, he grabs his files, he get he has a little light that he brings into, and every time that he's about to go into the wardrobe, he makes sure that he puts the key into the pocket mm-hmm. of his knit sweater. And that comes into play a little bit later. I don't here. know. I would staple that thing to my body I, or Dude, something. Neck, you know, like, put it on a, a chain yeah. around the neck. Yeah. I mean... Like, for God's sake. I would cut one of my fingers off and make it. <laughs> make it the key. Know, yeah. yeah. Like, that's fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, 
just, it just reminds me of like ash and yeah, instead yeah. of a chainsaw. It's, it's just, just a little, it's a little, it's a key. And they'd be like, guys, why, why you do that? It's like, I don't know. Like, aren't you like, look, you got, you got ear piercings. Aren't, don't tell me what body fication's not allowed or not. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, don't, don't judge me. I, I like key fingers. What can you, you know, like, <laughs> but, but yeah, so he does that. And so there's the ritual for that. Uh, but then we start to find out that like, um, you know, soon he's finding like like he he's he's got a promotion at work and then he's like he finds like a gray hair and i'm like i that's the one thing like i get that that's a storytelling beat but it's like i have a lot of friends that had gray hairs in like their early 20s so it isn't even like i'm like that he's he's working as a lawyer it's a stressful job that doesn't surprise me however another cue then is that like you know um he's trying to help uh with his wife they're putting together a crib because they're expecting a child his eyesight's getting a little weird um like it's just you can see that things are starting to kind of you know catch up with catch up with them and then he gets another promotion um and at that point he uh you know actually collapses like it turns out he has a mini stroke um and the doctors are like he's like you'll be fine and he's like he's like well what do you mean i I shouldn't be having this stuff and she's like yeah she's like you're pretty you're healthy because he's like he works out eats good food all that stuff for a man 10 10 years older than you yeah so so they prescribe him a medication for hypertension yeah and it's like Wow, you know, like that's a that's a pretty scary thing to be going through. What he's probably in his mid twenties, late twenties. Yeah, I mean, just but he's, I think that's when he starts to realize that there is a true cost to the time because it's the whole thing is you can trick time, but you 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 can't cheat it, right? Right. I uh, also I want to point out on the first time in the f- the first promotion, did you notice anything weird on the marker board written in the background of the marker boards? No. Um, the first time he got promoted, someone said, Tim, they wrote like a note to him. It said, a liberate tutime, ex and ferris, which is what it says, like, de- like deliver me from hell or rescue me from hell, which is what the message is. And, um, event horizon. They eventually ah, yes. decipher. Ah. And I was just like, why would you write that on that back of the board? So it's like, dear Tim, liberate tattoo ex and Ferris signed Nick. I'm like, I don't know who Nick is, but he must be an event horizon <laughs> fan. But I just saw that. I'm like, what? That's a weird thing. Right. But anyway, that's strange. Yeah. yeah. I did. Wow. Of, of all like the things to kind of poke in there. I'm like, I'm all, I'm all about event horizon references, but Anyway, that's wild, dude. Yeah. I'm glad that you noticed that. It cracked me up. I had to keep pausing it to like, cause as Tim was like talking, he'd block parts of it. I'm like, I got to make sure that's the right thing written on them. Anyway, that's the under there. <laughs> like get, get your large ever growing beard out of the way. Can but I see, see now what's the, going on? The, you know? Those are the, like they will sprinkle different things throughout this series, which I think is terrific that you have little Easter eggs that maybe if you don't get it, you don't get it. But the people that do get it, it's like, it's great. And it's wonderful. And it's like, you love it. And I, th- I think there's some layering to that though. Cause there's stuff coming yeah, in the next segment where it's like heavy handed. Yeah. Like we're, oh, we're going to hit you in the head with every name ever here in the, the second segment. Like, are you familiar with this? Are you familiar with this? It's like, just calm down. Listen. Um, yeah. So anyway, so we find out that like he, um, you know, he, he keeps using this to his advantage. And then it's like, the time jumps again, like five years later, his kids like, you know, in the front yard with him and they're just playing catch and he can barely keep up. Like he's just falling down. He's like, He's like me now. Like I just, you know, I didn't, uh, spoiler, I didn't end up in a wardrobe. I just, you know, you just, you live your life um, without much physical activity and seeing junk. It's the same thing as going into a time wardrobe. You're going to be like, you're, you're healthy. You're healthy, Paul, for 60. I'm like, but I'm not sick. Oh, like that's, <laughs> or if you live fast and hard like me, yeah, right. as I'm cracking a beer open. So. Yeah. So, um, so then we realize that like he's, he's taken like years from himself. So he decides that, and his wife talks to him. It's like, you've been this great lawyer. You've been a great father, but you need to take time 
and slow down is basically what she's saying, especially on the job front. Yeah, yeah. well, it, you know, he's pu- he's putting his body at risk. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. That I no, there's a good reason Lauren wants him to calm down. You know, like that's a lot of stress to put on somebody. And so the next the next second here we go is uh, Tim gets a call. And he takes it, and you can hear the other person on the the line. I have, I am assuming that it is Bob, his boss, his one of his partners, whatever. And he's saying, "Hey, you look, you got the paperwork for these guys. You got to get it done. You're the only one that can do it." And he's like, "Well, why me? What what's going on?" He's like, "If you don't get it done, then uh, don't worry about coming in tomorrow." And it's like, I don't. I've never worked at a job like that, and yeah. I would hate to be in a predicament like that, but. Hearing your own wife and your kid talking to you about wanting to spend more time with you and they're worried about you and all that, and then having also your livelihood of your your career possibly being online, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I he, can understand Tim's stress. He gets he gets that red line like a few years later because he actually stops using the wardrobe for a bit, and because of that, the actual toll of the job has become apparent to his his work life balance is shot. Right. Cause right. like he's now can't be available for dinner. Like he's working late all the time and he didn't get the most recent promotion. Cause everyone's like, you lost a step. It's like, yeah, no shit. He lost a step. He actually has to function like a human being again versus like, you know, yeah. Superman. He you was going to lose a few more steps due to another stroke. Possibly. Well, that too, so, but it's like yeah. he actually has to work the job in real time as opposed to this magic time. And that, so because of that, he can't keep up like every, and so that's when he gets that red line. Of like, you know, if you don't get this done, just don't even come in tomorrow. So that's why he's like, okay, fine. I like he, he admits that he's going to go down to um, down to this thing again, which he had put away the sweater and the key in a box like five years ago um, near the wardrobe, right? right. Um, which again, if this was just me knowing what I know, aside from having a key finger, um, I would have locked that key in a safe like a loaded gun. And kept that away from everybody, you know, and like not that the key was the problem, but you know what I mean? Like I would, if this, especially if this is like, like this is literally like magic that does its job. I would have found a way to just keep it like secure and constantly be aware of it. Right. I mean, this is also, this is a guy, I did lose my wedding ring once we had to get a replacement. So who am I to really talk about? keeping precious objects nearby. So I guess I'm a hypocrite, you know, but, uh, but it was like my, my wedding ring suddenly was like, you know, Paul, like, like from this day forward, like you'll, like you, you'll be immortal or whatever. I'm like, Oh, you know what? I'm just gonna take this off when I get in the shower. Like I would make sure that I would have kept it around. You know? Well, at least Sauron can't see you anymore. That's true. Um, right. So, but like, yeah. you know, it's like he, he has the ritual. He, he has that. Yes. He, he understands what somewhat of this power is of the wardrobe. But like you said, like, you don't know complete power that it has. Like maybe, maybe take a little bit more uh, precaution with that key because I don't know, you have a family, something could happen. I wish they would have brought out at some point. I wish they would have had Lauren mention him again. Like you said to me that you wanted to be both these things because you lost your father at a young age because of a car crash. It's like, you know, basically she could have drawn the parallels of like, you know, this may not, this may not be a car, but you're heading towards a collision. Like you need to, like you need to be available for us, which they get that point across, but I think it would have been great to circle back to Tim's own reasons for why he wanted to do what he did to kind of like remind him of like, you've done this, right? Don't be your dad, you know, like, so, but whatever. 
the, the episode's perfectly fine the way it is. But yeah, he goes to, to start doing this again. He takes the files, goes into the wardrobe. Well, before he, op- he opens the wardrobe, his son comes downstairs and is like, Dad, what are you doing? And he's like, well, what are you doing? It's at three in the morning. And the kid's like, I was thirsty. And he's like, well, just go to the kitchen, get a drink. <laughs> like, well, there is a there is a very important beat here, too. Yeah. So he pulls out this box. It's dusted up and everything. Mm-hmm. He opens it up. And as he brings the lid off of it, uh, a few moths yeah. fly out of the box. And it's worth noting here that, again, this is a knit sweater, probably made out of wool. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. There you go. All right. So and so we get the moths, whatever. He puts on his uh, sweater. And after talking to his son and, you know, promises him that he's going to come get, you know, water for him or whatever. Tim goes into the wardrobe and he starts looking over the files. And I think he has a this weird epiphany like, dude, forget this. It's not even worth it. And then he's about to get up and Mm -hmm. leave. And when he reaches into the pocket that he always puts the key he feels through and there's a hole in the pocket. Yep. And he looks and out it, and sees the key outside. Yeah. So it's like, oh no, what's, what's the, what's the, what's actually going to happen here? I think he's frantic now. Cause he's like, we know what this thing does, but grandma always told me to be careful and don't ever go into this thing without the key. And he can see it. He can see it on the floor. And then he also sees his son like, and by the key, but there's this weird image of the sun just sitting there. So it's like he's tilted like in time. Well, because on the outside, it's like no time is like changed. Right. right? Like it's pretty much like. Like you're in pause almost. Yeah. Because you're, you're zooming past because you're in this like time bubble. Right. And yeah. So he's like trying to beg his kid to pick up the key. It's the reversal of the time machine. If you've ever seen that. Yeah. It's like you see outside and everything changes. It's the vice versa. So when we see Tim, he's reaching, he's clawing at the door, he's calling for his son, and his hands go down and they come back up and they're like they're covered in wrinkles now. And we see Tim's face and it's got a long white beard and he has like barely any hair and he's all wrinkled up. He looks like he's maybe like ninety hundred years old, sure. yeah. something like that. And on the outside we see his son look down at the key, look at the wardrobe, and he's a little confused. He keeps on calling out for his father, but doesn't hear his voice. So he picks up the key, unlocks the wardrobe, and as he opens it, he sees the old man for a moment. The oldest Tim. Right. He does, I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's no contact. He doesn't know who the yeah. old dude is. I know. He just sees the old dude, and an, that old dude falls to the ground and f- falls into dust. Yep. And that's it, and he's gone. And... Now his son is still confused though. He's looking at the wardrobe and he's asking for his father and wants a he hears all the mechanism noises and he walks slowly into it and the door is closed behind him. And yep. that's the end of our story. Yep. So um yeah, yeah, with that uh so two things there about the end. One um you know the the way that the the time wardrobe worked was a little fast and loose like we understand that like you know he would go in there and he could be in there for the infinite and then you know for however long he was in there before the kid picked up the key and opened the door which we know in real time isn't that long but like i don't know how it just accelerated versus the other times whatever i get that this is the point right like so that was a little weird, but also the moment that happened, I was watching this and I guess we'll just, I'll get to this right now. Our twist rating on the segment, one being, you know, five being, whoa. Um, 
I was actively cheering for what was about to happen next, hoping that was the creep show twist coming in when the kids enters the wardrobe and it closes behind them. Like I would say, I'm going to give that a five because normally when I shout out like, or my mind, like, do you do that? That's the dark ending. It doesn't always go that way. This one did it. And it's like, after this whole tale of this guy, just trying to get ahead and getting there, not only did it cost him, it costs his son, which is like, that's where this becomes like the bigger tragedy and kudos to the show actually not pulling its punch. Uh, like that was awesome. I thought that was really, really cool. It was a five for me. Yep. I, I, I knew something was going to happen to Tim, but to happen to his son, I, I kind of didn't expect that. I thought we we were going to get our closing as soon as, um, the son opened up the doors to the wardrobe and it's like, Dad turns to dust, and that's the end of it. And it's like, whoa, that you know, that sucks. But then you you go that one step further. It's like, all right, creep show, applause. You know, like you you went there. Yeah. So that was <laughs> it was it was a good little segment. And, um, and now yeah. Lauren is being investigated for a double murder. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like, where'd your family go? I don't know, but there's a shit ton of dust around now. And it's like, do you clean this place? Your husband's name was Kitty. That's weird. We found his collar in the in the, mm-hmm. the wardrobe. No. Um. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was a good little segment. Like I, um, I didn't expect this. This felt more like, um, uh, you know, like maybe like even like a Tales from the Dark Side or you know, like even like even like an Amazing Stories that got really dark at the end, like something. And that's okay. Like again, I like the Creep Show can expand outward, and that's like um, that that. So this was pretty solid. Uh, I, I felt yeah. th- this is more of a kinship to uh, Twilight Zone. This, that's no, no, you're. That's probably a. Uh, there you go. That's probably more. That, that's that's the better call. So our fans that are, are listening right now, uh, tell us how you feel about that. If you feel like this is closer to a like a you know Rod Serling kind of like narrative, I think so. Yeah, you're tell right. Tell me but I'm wrong. Though. Why did I not think about that for the show? Then <laughs> Twilight Zone, uh, cursed yeah, no. objects and all that. Yeah. Like I, yeah. this was this was perfect. This is this is right where I needed to like, be in that like wheelhouse. An object that is cursed, however. You could use the curse to your advantage if you're smart about it. You know, like a certain like, type of stopwatch and all that, like those yeah, kinds of stories. Yeah. Like it has power, you abuse the power, bam. Yeah. So there. Yeah. So there, I, I dug. I dug the segment. I thought it was pretty solid. So hell yeah. Um, anything else about uh, time out before we get into the things in Oakwood's past? No, that's it. That's all I got for notes. All right. On that one. Um, and let's get into some things in Oakwood's past. That's the same year the town vanished, right? I'm having trouble deciphering Eli Lester's final entry, but I'm gonna crack it. I've got a hunch the townsfolk back in 1821 left a record of why they abandoned Oakwood and left it in that box. So yeah, uh, let's get into who did what here. Um, some of some of the credits are a little weird, Terry, because I found out there was some overlap because they listed uh, the animation director twice. Uh, they they have like two like they have one name, but it got listed twice. So we'll talk about that. It okay. Got, like, yeah. yeah. I, I was yeah. hoping that I, I wasn't going insane. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was, I kept on looking back at the notes. I was like, wait, that's not right. Yeah. Um, got a little odd. Yeah. And so to our director on this, we have four credits. Um, cause this is an animated, uh, uh like representation of a story. Uh, we have Anol Junkul. I, what I have here is, uh, Luis, uh, Paleo Junkera, Unicara. I, that's like that's I. If you look at the credits on yeah. IMDb, this person's listed twice, and that's who we're talking about. Okay, they're the animation director, and we also have an actual. We have, not an actual. We have another director as well with this. But yes, um, but okay, Terry, so do you three know three credits? Yeah, so. do you know? 
um, what this person was like known for. This is a big one for for both of us. So yeah. we, <laughs> I feel like there's going to be like the the noise that comes in. So it, this, uh, this dude has worked on a bunch of animated stuff, um, some of it being like Dread and that. But one of the biggest credits, and I was so so excited about yes. this, he worked on a Gunship um, music video. And I was stoked because Gunship is a an, a terrific band. If anybody ever gets a chance to listen to them. Um, We've played some Gunship on the shows ending one of the episodes. I we did, yeah. 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 Uh, Nightmares. Um, yeah, there we go. It might have even been the song. I don't even remember Dark All Day. It might, maybe not. I don't know. We'll figure that out. But uh, I'll go back and look at it. But yeah, we Gunship's great, and Dark All Day is a fun vampire video. Um, but yeah, like that, I looked at that, I was like, holy shit, Gunship. That's a good connection. Yeah. So yeah. So and and actually, there are two directors. Um, okay. Uh, noted on here, uh, Greg Nicotero, okay, which we, we have go. talked yes, about. Yes. And then uh, Dave Newberg, um, which I don't know any of the stuff that so Dave. This will tip you Newberg off. Like on. I dug into this, they're mainly more of a producer of like a lot of Adult Swim stuff. Okay. So seeing the animation decisions made here, that, Makes sense. like this yeah. feels very much like early Adult Swim, um, and I don't necessarily mean that in a good way, but that, that you know, that <laughs> I this. Okay, so yes, everybody, this is an animated segment. We'll get into the story, and um, we'll talk about the cast here in a second, because there's some big names here, because they're animated. Um, what did you think about the decision to do to do this uh, portion animated when the first half was live action? I was really thrown off. Yeah. I, I didn't expect this at all. Uh, I kind of wish it wouldn't have been that way. I, I wish they would have done another like little holiday thing and then had this be a part of that segment because they did. So creep show has produced a, an animated holiday special. Yeah, they did. They did one for October last year. It was, uh, there was, it, it was more of a motion comic looking thing, meaning like there was panels and there was some slight animations and there's some like, you, you have to go and see it. Like if you guys have not seen what a motion comic is, it's a, it's a, it's a way to tell stories and actually kind of get an animation. It's a little, it's a little cheaper to produce that way. And I'm not saying it's not effective. It's just, um, the, the previous one they did for Halloween, was also made in light of like the pandemic. Right. So they wanted to make something, but they know they couldn't put people together. So they did um, a Stephen King story survivor type, which is one of the more brutal short stories Stephen King's ever written. And uh, another story from his son, Joe Hill called, what was it? Um, Twittering at the circus of the dead or something. You like got that, it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was perfectly okay. Like Steve and I, uh, my other podcast husband, we covered it on um, invasion of the podcast last year and it was okay. Like I just, like it's just, and so this time around, when I saw this segment was animated, I'm like, is it going to be a motion comic? And it's not, but it's still not quite all the way there either. Like it's some of the, some of the animations very stilted. Um, I don't know if I'm a, f a fan of this, but we'll, we'll talk about that because I, I also have suspicions about this season, which I think we've talked about previously, but it is a bit of a, um, it's, it's, it is a bit of a, a change when you're like, you're expecting, cause the way creep show works, like you go from comic panels, live action to the creep to like, you know, then to like, I'm like, well, when's the live action part going to start? And I'm like, Oh, it's not going to start. This is where we're at now. <laughs> like I was waiting for them to fade in to people. Yeah. You know? It was, it was an interesting choice here. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was the best choice, but nonetheless. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, so yeah. So, uh, next year we have our credit for writer as, uh, uh, Daniel Kraus, uh, Kraus, Kraus, um, and uh, one other uh, introduction to the uh, 
creep show was uh pipe screams okay so that's uh i think that's from season i just three. watched that season yeah. two season two. i just watched that last night actually since i've been catching up on my creep show it's still with barbara crampton and it was yeah yeah that segment's actually a lot of fun yeah it's uh, it, it, yeah. it's it's it is fun yeah um so and and also wrote the the storylines for uh crow uh troll hunters yeah that's the pr- series that uh, the animated series produced for netflix that um Peter, not Peter Jackson, uh, Guillermo del Toro is overseeing, I think. Uh, and okay. it was like, and it's actually quite popular. So he wrote like 50 episodes of Troll Hunters. So it's like, that's cool. Like, um, good on him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then, um, so, and into our cast, we go here. Uh, Mr. Mark Hamill leads off our cast. I was floored. I didn't realize that was him until after because I didn't, like, nothing against him. I just didn't pick it up. That you know? it was, I just, yeah. I was very surprised because I, there are certain characters that he does and you can hear some of what he normally does in those voices. Mm-hmm. I was completely surprised by this. So he, uh, Mr. Mark Hamill, if anybody is not familiar with him, he Corvette summer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> uh, he was in the first Kingsman movie for a second. I don't know if you got, like, <laughs> yeah, you got you got your Luke Skywalkers. You got your the animated Joker, uh, which I still I love his Joker. If, if anybody likes anthology storylines, yeah. and you're listening to this, uh, he was in Body Bags, which I still need to see that. I've yeah, not seen Body Bags. That's great. Maybe, um, maybe we'll get to that sooner than later. Yeah, I um, love Body Bags. I mean, and uh, for voice work, uh, you can't forget the fact that he did the Joker in Batman the Animated Series, most iconic Joker as far as like uh, animated. Yeah, he, he's great, and, and he also did the Joker in the Arkham games too, which yep. is a little different take, a little darker. But I, I love Hamill as the as the Joker. Like it's he's so good at it, um, and he also he actually reprised his live action uh, role as the trickster uh, in the CW Flash series because he played that character in the like the nineties one. And so he, it's it's pretty fun, right? Um, and also he's a uh, what cockknocker and yes. Bob <laughs> I was back. like, yes, please bring yeah, up yeah. cockknocker. Yeah, there you go. Yes, <laughs> Jade, Silent Bob, strike so, back. So that movie, whatever they freeze frame and says, "Hey kids, it's Mark Hamill." Applause. They did that after test screenings because people didn't realize it was him. So they're like, "You need to point out Mark Hamill because, goddamn it, Kevin Smith got Mark Hamill <laughs> this yeah. movie, right?" So wow, yeah. it, it's such yeah. amazing get yeah. too. Um, so yeah, so he plays the the mayor mayor. Wrightson. Yeah, that's a nod to Bernie Wrightson. So yep. there you go. That's one nod. Here, here we go. And then uh, next here we have uh, Daniel Harris, uh, famous for being in uh, Halloween 4 and 5. And she was in Rob Zombie's Halloweens, uh, both 1 and 2. Uh, she was in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Mm-hmm. She, she's in countless films. She was yeah, in, she's still, still working and doing a lot. Yeah, yeah, she's in tons of films. Uh, Last Boy Scout. Lots of credits. Um, she plays Mar- Marnie. Marnie, which uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if that's a Hitchcock reference, but I'm going to say I'm going to guess it is. But anyway, yes. So, and then uh, next here, Mr. Ron Livingston. I was like, I didn't recognize the voice, but then I was like, wait a minute, why do I know that voice? Mm-hmm. It's the dude from the first Conjuring movie and Office Space. I was like, holy crap! Yeah, he's been like so Ron Livingston Peter from Office Space. Yeah, if you if you, he, he's very recognizable, he plays he plays a uh, Mac uh, Kamen in here, the reporter. Uh, he he was in Swingers, uh, tons and tons and tons of work. Uh, a very recognizable guy. Like um, I, I like Ron Livingston. Um, this yeah. is a pretty big get for this episode. I mean, I, it, you, unfortunately, you don't get to see these actors' faces, but I'm like, those are three iconic names as far as you're talking about different genres and that. Yeah. So, but yeah, so uh, next here we have uh, uh, Fena 
uh, Sanchez mm-hmm. uh, plays multiple voices in this. Mm-hmm. Not very familiar with her. Her. I thought. IMDb. I thought I re- you know just the voice. I thought maybe I picked her up, but I didn't. And she, uh, she's doing a series. I guess Crunchyroll, which is like the anime uh, digital streaming service. Um, like I, I like I, I. I've not seen Crunchyroll. I know what it is, but it's just, I want to make it sound like maybe I know too much about. It. I'm like I've never heard of this Crunchyroll. It's like I'm here holding my body pillow of my waifu with me right now. No, uh, <laughs> Crunchyroll anyway. is a, a yeah. free service that you can. Well, I think it's still free, maybe. but you can watch a lot of animated. Yeah. Uh, so there's original series in there called Onyx Equinox. She does a lot of voice work on there, so that's cool. Nice. Um, and and the fact that she's a very um, you know utility person, right? That's great too, right? So that's I. Mean, that's awesome. Like you, like I'm, I hope she got paid for every one of those roles in this too. So oh, definitely. Yeah. And then uh, next here is uh, Kate Thulin. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays the voices of the kids. Mm-hmm. That's in the classroom. They, yeah. She actually has the best joke of the entire segment. Just wait till the end, everybody. It's great. Um, uh, yeah. Not familiar with her work otherwise. So she does a little bit of everything. She doesn't have many credits, but she's done a little bit of writing and producing. Uh, she wrote. Uh, an episode of Legion, which I think she was a producer on, and actually uh, okay. wrote an episode of Miss Fletcher, which was the Catherine Hahn series on HBO uh, like two years ago, limited series. So she, like, you know, whatever, like, uh, irons in the fire all over the place. Good on her. Yeah, yeah. rock and roll. And, and then uh, next here we have Andrew Daly. Yeah, Andy Daly. This is the guy I want to talk about. I love Andy Daly. Well, you Daly. take the reins here, sir. Yes. He plays Clark Murph Murphy, Deputy Anton, old fellow, local yokel. So he plays the other half of the people in this episode. Um, I just he is amazing. He um he had the show on uh, Comedy Central called Review that only lasted three seasons, and the third season was like um, three episodes or something. Where it, the whole gimmick it was a remake of um I think an Australian show, but he played a character that would review life. So people would write in things and tell him to review it. So he would take whatever they told him to review and he would go do it. And it get it, it, the point is it kept getting weirder and weirder, and like we'd see it actually affecting his home life too. Like at one point, someone was like review like uh, addiction or uh, cocaine, so he would have his way to get addicted to cocaine, and it's like and he would talk about how he's like I don't feel any effects, and he just keep like getting more and more into it. it was, was this just, like that guy that did that thirty days, but he's like. He's kind of, but this is like the, the, like you have to see like how much more like straight, straight faced he plays it, which makes it really funny. And there was one, one time someone told him to review, what was it? Eating 10 pancakes or whatever it was. So he's like, he goes and eats like 10 pancakes and he's just like miserable after and throws up out in the parking lot. (laughs) And then like it circles back later to where someone was like, review eating 30 pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, there's this, uh, there's, yeah, th- th- he's, he's wonderful. This, he does a lot of voice work, but he also shows up in a lot of different series. Uh, he, I just, he's one of those guys that like, once you recognize him, he's always great wherever he is. He also does a voice. Well, he had a voice from Rick and Morty of a uh, Crumbopulous Michael, who is like this, like amazing assassin, but was just super nice about everything. And he's like, oh, looks like I have to go kill him again. Like just very, I don't know. I love Andy Daly. And um, it's just, go look up his stuff, people. Look up review. Look up, uh, I think, he, I mean, he was. I'm he was sure on he's Mad been, TV. He yeah. was on uh, the Light Night with Conan O'Brien. Like, he's yeah, done he a, does lot a lot of stuff. He does all sorts of things. Like, he's just one of those guys that you Christmas see. Christmas with the Cranks. I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Andy Daly. I love Andy Daly. So whenever I saw his name pop up, I was excited. So anyway. Yeah, go, review review thirty pancakes or whatever. Anyway, continue. Let's let's get into this. So, so. so that's all of our credits here. So that yeah. into our story we go, and then the way this kicks off is that we are watching a news broadcast. Yeah, WGON, Terry. What's that mean? 
Isn't that the the broadcast uh, service that uh, was broadcasting during Night of Living Dead? Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Reference, uh, and then they talked about there's the the story leading into our story. It's like the Carpenter Arctic Exploration Collection. Reference, like just calm down. The crate. Yeah. Yep. And like in Andy Daly plays the one the the one uh, news commentary. He's like, they should open up all the crates. It's like, okay, that's funny, well, but but just in just yeah. in case, if 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 you are listening to this, yeah. uh, we'll, we we have seen a lot of the the things that they are referencing here, so. Night of Living Dead. It's not as heavy handed as Skeletons in the Closet because that is, if that that is the heaviest hand that will ever hand heavy. I don't know. Like that's that's like the Infinity Gauntlet of bullshit of like every (laughs) of like every reference. Right. This is not that bad, but it's like it's still like because even like because we we get into the town of Oakwood because we're talking about like they're just like. Um, the town of Oakwood has a mysterious past. That's what this new story is kind of getting into. And then how, um, like, uh, they found a time capsule. That's right. the part of it. Right. But, uh, but then we start talking about the mayor, the, the, the mayor's talking and you see some of his photos. What's one of the photos, Terry? George Romero meeting with the mayor. Yeah. It's like, cool. I mean, I guess, okay. You're paying homage to creep show which he directed the first two films. And that was uh, a collaboration between him and King. So, right. I, I do get that, and I think that is is great. However, we did get the Romero Star Walk of Fame thing and Skeletons in the Closet, and I'm not against, you know, like, if it wasn't for Romero doing that, we wouldn't have Creep Show. So I do appreciate that. It's just like, do we need... Is Romero going to be the Stan Lee of Creepshow? I don't know. Is that what we're doing now? Like, it's quite possible, but I don't remember this being so much of a thing in the season one or season two. So I don't, I don't know. know. Right? So I just... I my it's almost like lead poisoning where it's like you get so much of like references that even a small one just makes you want to like, you know, vomit sometimes where it's like, can we just tell me something new, something new and original, please? You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of starting to think that maybe Nick Taro has more control of the output and what ends up on screen because like we we're just saying, there is a lot more reference in these episodes of this season that I didn't expect. I didn't get any of that in the first and second and we're not, we don't, I don't know. I think in, I'm thinking I have, I have a, a, a theory here, so okay, okay. we'll get into the theory. Look at that. We're, we're going to do some theorizing uh, here. That's going to be great. So, all right, so, yeah, anyway. so anyway, so we, we're getting into the town history and that we're talking to the mayor now and he, the mayor is reporting that, Oh, you know, there's going to be a big celebration and we're going to, we're going to talk, we're going to unveil what is in this, this uh, crate. And it's like this this big thing. It's gonna go down, and nothing's gonna stop it, yeah. uh, except maybe his daughter. Yeah, or maybe you know a, a shark on the Fourth of July on the beaches. You know, like the beaches stay open no matter what. Right, right. right yeah. yeah, that's very close. Have, to you, have, like, have you ever had a town be excited for a time capsule though? Like, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's like, hey, everybody, we're going to build some grandstands and we're going to go look at like things from 200 years ago. So it was like, you know what's important? This Bible. Like, okay, great. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for everybody coming out. You know, whatever, right? Yeah. I can see it. Like, anyway, like, so this, this is some really racist imagery of Native Americans. All right, good night, everybody. Got to go. See you later. Uh, Turn the cameras off. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is. Man, they're really shit talking the state of Maine. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, so no, anyway. So yeah, we get the daughter. She has been researching because she actually, this is kind of where her passion is, right? That she is not necessarily like a town historian, but she likes digging in and discovering things, right? And that's where we find out that there's 
possibly a bigger mystery going on. And there's these books, yeah. these yeah. The, these four books that they show and have incantations like written on them in a different language, whatever. Yeah. She's not able to decipher them. And then she has other artifacts that she found within the area that are all, well, Actually, they were in they were in the library, I believe. Yeah, so, were. like, they yeah. were just cataloged, but no one knew anything about them because we're talking two hundred years ago. Which the town, so the town of Oakwood, seriously, like, all the people are disappeared two hundred years ago. That's the big thing. Like, almost to the day of this time capsule being found. So that's part of the yeah. news report as yeah. well. So we're talking to the news folk or the the townsfolk, like, what possibly happened two hundred years ago? Why did everybody go missing? It was definitely aliens. They came down, and did their alien things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Andy Daly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, no one knows, and that's the most intriguing part about this. Uh, to I'm sorry for getting her Marnie. Marnie. Yeah. Marnie wants to figure out what what what's going on, and I I understand her being a a, a you know bookworm about this. This is really fascinating. You yeah. live in a town where something happened. I mean, I've been to Salem. All that stuff is super fascinating yeah, to like, me. If you go to Roanoke, Virginia, I'm sure you're going to be like, yeah, man, that was kind of creepy when people left that one time, right? Like, you yeah. know, like. And it, this yeah. could be kind of traced back to multiple occurrences yeah. within this area. So even 200 years prior to that, something happened then, too. No one knows why. And she has like half of it figured out. She's like, there's the one the one guy from back then, Eli, whatever, Eli, older, older man, whatever his name is, Eli. You know, cheesemaker. I forget what Eli's name is, but yeah, he, I, like, I forget too. Yeah, so she was like, "Well, he's written some of this stuff," and she's like, "I'm," I'm and she's talking to the reporter about this, and um, and she's like, "I think I got some of this figured out." And so, um, and then the reporter's like talking to her about like basically when they cut the cameras, like she's like, "Did I like? Does this sound too like cheesy or whatever?" And she and and he was like, "Nah." He's like, "For kickers, the cheesier the better." She's like, "What's a kicker?" It's like, "Well, these are like." They're reporting on this like it's a fluff piece for, yeah. for WGON, um, meaning that this is more of like, uh, hey, look at that squirrel skiing, you know, type of thing. Like, right, or like the Paxitani, uh Phil. F- yeah. Phil, yeah. you know, like it's, it's just like feel good stuff because no one wants to hear about somebody getting killed in their neighborhood again, yeah. over and over and over again. So it's like. This is the nice little fluff piece. Like, hey, there's going to be this celebration it's in the town. It's a time capsule. Yay. Yay. Right. So, so then, Rejoice. But, but she tells she tells him, like, um, uh, what's what's the, uh, Mac? She tells him, like, you know, like, I think there's more going on. And he even seems kind of intrigued, too. But they're vibing. Yeah. You know, and like. Flirtatious. And, yeah, yeah. And like the, the camera person, she's like, you know, she could sniff all that. She's like, just, you guys just calm down. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but, uh, so Marnie ends up showing them like the dig site where the time capsule is and they run out there to go look at it. Right. And it's like, I don't also know about you. I've never seen a time capsule that looks like, I don't know, a box from hell. Like, <laughs> it has horns. It's just, yeah. It's like chains on yeah, it. It's just like, I don't like, even if like someone's like, Hey, that's a time capsule. I'm like, I, that's probably from a time I don't want to know about, you know, yeah. like it's like, why does it say like, why does it say six months ago? Like don't open that box. So anyway, mm-hmm. so, um, but yeah, it's like, that's like, I, I understand that again, this is creep show and there's the art style and stuff. I kind of, kind of wish that they would have maybe made a little bit more nondescript, like just cause then it leaves a little bit more ambiguity, but no, right, right from the rip, you know, this thing is evil. You know, and I don't, I mean, I guess that's also not the point of the story. This is supposed to be more of just a, more of just a monster yarn, right? I think this is just a rip roaring. Let's get some blood and guts out there. Yeah. Um, but we'll get, the, we'll get to the blood and guts in a minute. Yeah. yeah. Almost a minute, actually. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like 
so we get our, our main character, uh, Marnie and Mac, they're trying to research this, the, the, the crate or I mean, it looks like a crate. A big well, it's, crate. it's a big crate. And yeah. it's, I think especially at the beginning, well, it doesn't look, it doesn't look, um, that dissimilar probably from the crate, from the crate, uh, and the creep show, but it, I think it, that's it has, what they're trying to, but harness. it has more spikes and chains and like, just like it, just a bunch of like, um, unknowable writing on it and stuff. Like it, like whatever's on it, it's probably some type of like, um, like Swedish, like death, death metal band or something. I think this logo. is a playable character in mortal Kombat. Yeah. Just uh, the crate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crate con coming to, yeah. yeah. Uh, crate and barrel. They, they just show up, but I, I mean, know, in like, resident evil, you were able to be a piece of tofu. So whatever. Um, <laughs> So, but then we find out like, like Marnie, I don't know if she's a substitute, substitute teacher or not, but she's showing the kids in the classroom later, um, like potential slides, uh, about like what had happened. And she's like saying, well, what do you think's in the box? The kids give their answers. Everybody. I know you may, if you've not watched this episode, wait till the end of the episode, you're going to find out what all the kids thought was in the box. My favorite line of the segment, not going to ruin it. Those are fun. This is badass yeah. in how this works out. So it's very, all right. So if anybody's seen it, well, yeah, but I was getting the kids first. What they say, what's in the box is funny. But then we do the thing with the slides where she's playing the slides, asking questions. Yes. P- yeah, please. Because what happened in it, it's actually referenced to a different Stephen King um, story. So we'll talk about that. So, yeah, it's if, if anybody's seen the the newer version, the Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, uh, part it, one. Yeah. Part one. Um, the children are going through a slideshow of different things that have ha- happened in the town and different pictures. And that's very uh, close to what is happening in this now. Now the, the the slides go from like just old drawings of people within the town to all of a sudden they're getting mutilated by a demon. And then oh, we would turn the next slide and then there's just like they turn into a demon and fly away. Like it's just it's getting really worse and worse wild and stuff. The And the carousel on the slide projector starts operating. And it's doing on its it. Yeah. Yeah. And so which is what happens in it, part one. Uh, which is very effective, but that's all that's all reference to a Stephen King novella called The Sun Dog, uh, which is in Four Past Midnight. Okay. Um, which is about a kid that ha- happens to get a Polaroid camera that every time he takes a photo, it doesn't shoot what's in front of him. It shows an image of this like monstrous looking dog walking by a picket fence. And as he takes photos, it's slowly advancing. And eventually it starts turning and looking at whoever's holding the camera. It's very, very creepy. Um, so... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, so we get that whole thing and I like that the reporters in the classroom too. And like, just like he's learning as well with the kids, you know, whatever. (laughs) But so basically she starts to to think that, um, maybe she thinks there's something going on with this, that whatever this box is, whatever happened 200, 400 years ago is directly tied to this box and that there must've been something in it that, um, cause Eli was saying something about it being up, like, you know, possibly protecting the town. And so she wants to figure out what this is because they're coming up on 200 years to the day, like two days from now, right. Or whatever it is. And the information um, that she's finding now is that this is, there is something positive that may be within the box. At least that's like what she's finding out yeah. so far. So then, um, so she also reveals then, because after that, she's talking to the reporter um, and uh, she starts to realize that one of the images that she saw on the slides matches something similar to what she sees outside with the tree that's there in like the whatever in the town. But she also realizes she has like this, um, it's like football sized or shaped piece of this, this art that she didn't know what it meant from the library that... Um, she goes and takes it to the crate because it has very similar like etchings on it. And then they dig out through some of the mud and they find 
that same like diamond shaped thing to put like a space that, that would, would fit that. And yeah. she puts it in there. Uh, and that's whenever like, she was like, Oh, we got to figure this out now. Cause we got to save the town blah, 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 blah. And that's when the cops show up because her, her mere father, you know, doesn't want her messing around and ruining the opportunity that he set up already. Cause the beaches must be open regardless of the size of the sharks. You know, that's the, the whole vibe I get the entire time is like, he is aware of potential danger. He doesn't want to hear anything about it because it's more important to have cameras on him and to have this big moment. Right. It's, it's about him showing how like it's just, it's ego, pure ego. Kingpin has a plan here. Kingpin, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. He's, he's much larger than everybody else. You're right. In the way they draw him. Um, um, so it, it's like, so Marnie's getting taken away. Max says, I, you know, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll figure this out, whatever. And they go back to, uh, they go back to the mayor's, uh, place and they're talking to the mayor and mayor's like, no, that's not happening. We're not, you're not going to damper any of these plans. Yeah. Like this has all been set in stone. And so she gets hauled off by the cops and Max says, Hey, you can't do that. You know, like there, she has a right to speak. We have a right to knowledge here. And it was like, well, you know, <laughs> how, how, how dare they, yeah. you know, uh, freedom of press. Um, but you know, it's like, I, I don't know, like, why wouldn't you listen to your own daughter? Especially since she's been doing all the research. Well, because it's it's laid in a little earlier when she's talking to the reporter initially about how her father didn't like her the line of work that she took up being like this historian and like researcher. Uh, so you can tell there's oh, there's been a rift, and you can tell the way that she's kind of not like it is that she dislikes her her father. It's just that you get the notion very early in the segment that they don't see eye to eye. Right. So here it's like she's actually what she's actually involved in is going to directly, um, you know, cause him potential like political loose, loose political points. So that's not going to happen. So he, he's made his choice. It's his, his output as mayor versus his daughter. Right. You know? So, so then while they're waiting like for all this to happen, because um, it's supposed to take place on Friday, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, Marnie, she's not incarcerated or anything like that. She's just able to go upon her way. And so she goes back to the, the, the library and she goes back to research and she's researching. And we see a timeline go from day to day to day where she's surrounded by books and she's exhausting herself trying to find out the answer. What's going on? What, what are we supposed to expect out of this? And then all of a sudden she has this epiphany mm-hmm. on Friday. Like minutes the, before everything's supposed to be opened up in front of this crowd that's already there and we got the TV coverage, all that, yeah. So we we get Marnie racing to the scene where they're about to do this uh this opening of the crate. And so we get uh the mayor, he's busting into it with a big pick. Like he's got an uh, like he's got a hammer and he's got a pick and he's busting through the lock to o- open up this thing, and we get Marnie and I Swear to God, I was expecting to her to jump out and say, it's a cookbook. It, it, <laughs> which, from the size of that, Mary had been like, bring it on. We got some barbecue. <laughs> do yeah. Cook up some of these reporters over here. You know, Look, can, I got I want some of those ham hocks. Yeah. Um, like, uh, is there a secret recipe for corn dogs? I want corn dogs. Anyway, so um, the other thing we should mention, too, is that there's a date on this box, which is why they think it is a time cap. So it's actually from... It says, well, 1820, uh, 1821. Yeah. So, but no, so then we get this flashback, which, um, not flashback, but like this epiphany you're talking about, about Eli 200 years ago, figuring out what happened. The animation in this sequence is actually really, really good. Pretty badass. Yeah. It's all really, really, but it's like, what, what, like, is, 
what happened? Like, anyway, that sequ- this, this black and white flashback sequence is really effective because he was like basically the townsfolk. Uh, they killed his wife, right? This is what we find out. Like, right? Yeah, and, and so to re, uh, to to put vengeance on the town and what they've done and why they're trying to cover things up. He he knows what the the, the, the box capa- is. Yeah, yeah, he knows, and he's like, "All right, fine." Hell's Gate is about to open. Yeah, and so I'm going to tell un- you it's a protection. I'm going to mislead all you guys and make you believe that this is to save you. And that's it. that was his last F you to Oakwood. Yeah. And then later on, he's left it like that way too. So Oakwood would be like, oh, wait a second. This is a protection. Nope, it's not. Yeah, there so. is some wild stuff going on in this animation. And it, I do have to note that the animation style changes almost from scene to scene in some of this stuff where like, this is actually more reminiscent to like anime, like, uh, like Ninja Scroll mm-hmm. or something like that. Like really wild stuff where things are getting torn apart. Well, yeah. Cause so the box, yeah, we should mention, yeah, the box gets opened. Um, it actually opens its way through the mirror, right? Yeah. The, and the monster comes out like, and we get all sorts of types of different monsters, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, and then, then you're right. They all look a little different. The animation styles change a little bit too, which I'm okay with. Um, and but yeah, the whole town of Oakwood, which they're all there witnessing this, it is lunchtime for all these monsters, and um, all that's fun. It's, yeah. it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, the reporter uh, goes out bad. Whew, that poor guy. His hand gets chopped off real quick. Uh, like he... yeah, his hand with the car keys gets chopped off, and he doesn't realize it yet. And he goes to open the door. His stump hits the door, and he turns around and sees the monster holding the hand with the keys. So he's banging on the glass with his one hand that he has, and then the monster comes by and just cuts his legs off and then splits him in the middle. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, any one of those things would have been terrible. Yeah. But, all right, I guess, what did he do other than believe in his the girl he thought he was going to get with? That's all he did. <laughs> Poor Mac. And, and then uh, we, we get... Um, our, the news truck lady, I forget her name at this uh, point. I think it, um, yeah, I, forget, I want to say it's, um, oh, I have it here. I Carmen? Think. Yeah, I think it's Carmella, yeah. Carmella. Uh, we get a monster that busts through and just chows down. Yeah. Like it's, and that thing just looked like a big booger with arms. And that yeah. was like, that is frightening looking. I was just, uh, I love I love what they're doing with the animation. And I love like where they're going with the story right now. I kind of wish I could have seen this in like a, a full scale monster movie, you know, like getting all the special effects and, but you know, th- this is, this is cool. I, like I, wish I know we budget saw all the monsters from the previous episodes of the season sneak out for a second. Like I'd like to see the Subaraya going around. That would have been funny. That would have been interesting. Or like yeah. the siren or whatever, like yeah. the familiar, like just all, all of them come out of this box, but like we've been partying here this entire time guys, you know, <laughs> no, but like this is all okay. And I understand that they like, so limitations yeah, yeah, yeah so we'll we'll let's we'll finish this here yeah, but um so every everybody like everybody gets that gets um and we get yeah. the, the the deputy he he has uh had a marnie yeah yeah marnie's in the car she's in the backseat she she was basically picked up because of what her shenanigans was at the um the the, the reveal of this the yeah yeah and whatever and so they're all escaping with the two of them rather and they're booking it and all of a sudden this giant monster lands on top of the car and the deputy is like oh, well i'm going to somehow still steer the car and jump out the side window and start firing at it yeah i don't know if that was the best choice um and as he is firing out the, the passenger window of his cop car he gets chopped in a half and his body is just laid out on yeah. the road and so marnie has to jump up into the front seat, try to steer 
the car and then crashes into a tree. When she comes to real quick, she realizes there are still monsters. So she is crawling her way away from the monsters. And it's just as one of them is about to pounce on her. It stops. Yeah. Like they, she reached um, the city's edge of, of like Oakwood. Yeah. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Like um, this is incorporated. We can't go to unincorporated Oakwood. We can't go to Oakwood North or whatever. Yeah, this is like, like you have a township, yeah. you know, like the rules are not, no, yeah. you like, didn't, you didn't like, pay your taxes. Like, I'm sorry. We don't have jurisdiction right there. Yeah. That's it. Um, and they're all there. And like, that's, that's pretty cool. I love that imagery too of all oh, the yeah. monsters. Oh, like, yeah. Cause they look all badass too. Oh no, that's pretty cool. And then like, um, so she's still there. They all kind of go back to the center of Oakwood. I think there's still more people to eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that's when we get the one that has a camera somehow strapped to it. It starts flying into, uh, the crate itself. And we find out like the, the crate doesn't have really have a bottom because it is like a portal to, to hell. And we see, you know, everything else. Right. And that's when we cut back to like the people in the studio being like, well, hope that all works out or whatever they said. And I, thought, like, I thought that was really fun. Yeah. I like that where it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to news. Let's get to sports or whatever. Right. So and now yeah. to sports, but then like the, the lights turn off and like, they're like, there's some shuttering there. So it's like, where, like, where is WGO in versus everything else? Or, is this done yet? We don't know. But that's the, and then the box, when it closes up, it resets to 2021. Like, so it's like, haha, Oakwood's like off the, like the face of the earth for now. See you guys in 200 years, you know, type of thing. So it's like the trap has been set again, you know? So, um, the, like the story, I don't have a problem with. I think it's, I think it's fun. Uh, but you talk about limitations. That's like, I, um, I, I guess maybe this is me talking out both sides of my mouth. I, I want to say creep show can be bigger than just like goopy monster stuff. And the first segment showed us this timeout showed us this. And I'm not, a, I'm not against going in different avenues with just this though. Like I, I agree with you that if you had just done another little animated special and had another story to, to go with it and been like, here's our Halloween thing. It's going to be, this is where like, uh, because we're animating it, like we can go balls to the wall and do a lot of really crazy stuff. Cool, bring it. That's fine. What's couched with another segment that's live action, it feels a little lopsided and weird. And it also feels like to me, they didn't have either, they didn't have the money, but clearly they hired some voice actors, so there's some money there, like some known commodities, right? Right. Um, I, I just, I always feel like if you, I'm, a, I'm of two minds of, if you don't got it, don't go for it. But if you don't got it, you also have a lot of time to think about what can you do that is amazing that uh, punches above its weight for where you got, where you're at um, like budget wise, you know, like, and these people are supposedly a lot smarter and more aware than I am. So why not try that? You know, like you, it's, it's frustrating to me. I yeah. think you said it uh, perfectly. It is lopsided. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially when you're like the narrative for the majority of like what creep show is the series and that when you pair things up there is live action live action and outside of what those little holiday specials are and that because they even did a animated christmas one too right uh, no the, the christmas one's not animated it's actually oh. one standalone story oh okay it's 44 minutes i i that's the one i've not seen yet i, I have not finished, seen that either i finished um the the five episodes of season two as of last night um and there's some fun stuff there uh, yeah yeah 
uh, this that last episode with uh, uh, Justin, Justin Long, Long and uh, oh, I love uh, that Cam, one. Camden Darcy with um, basically Ready Player One for horror fans. Uh, it was uh, that one was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, uh, and by Ready Player One for horror fans, meaning that it's very much movie referential. Not that it's much better written than Ready Player One. Shots fired. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> um, but but yeah, so. Let's just we'll rate the twist for this, and then we'll kind of have some. We'll talk a little bit more because I think there's a little bit more uh, tread on these tires. That the creepy box that was the creepy box that was a creepy box from the beginning would be creepy and destroy people. I'm going to give that a one because that you you don't give me a creepy box and not just destroy people. I'm going to go two. Okay. Because I don't want to go for one. I don't know. <laughs> no, it just it, it feels it, it feels sad that like there was no way to ever try to stop it. Like Marnie was, she did all this effort. Maybe, maybe because of her father being there, like she would have been able to have some kind of impact. The fact that just everybody got laid to waste, like that, that was surprising. And she lived, and she was able to get away. You know, like I don't know, two. I'm gonna go two. Okay, that's fair. So, so yeah, I just think that, um, especially after um, kind of binging the rest of season one and now season two, and seeing um, like it looks like it's almost like you could like literally track where the money is just disappearing as you go along with the seasons, um, and that's that's really disappointing. Even though I think the the the, the last episode of season two, there's actually like some money in there because the way they do some of the the stuff with the movie things, but they, they're probably saving some of their money in the season for that episode. Uh, you could also tell that somewhere in season two, they transitioned from the live action creep to just the animated segments, um, which I mean, they work and that's fun, but it's like you had an aesthetic was that were, were they really costing that too much to do them? Or was that just more of a decision of like, these are a little too slow paced. Let's just get right to the next thing. Or can we do a little bit more fun stuff with it being animated? You know what I mean? Like can, can we go a little bit more tongue in cheek and make it a little bit more comic booky by having, cause when you do the live action creep, it only had so much articulation. Like it was just more like I'm, I, uh, I'm fishing. Ah, 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 ah. And that's it. Like that was the start of the thing, right? It wasn't like, it was like him actually doing much. You right. know? So I don't know, but it's, it's, it's I think they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're changing hands here now. Like I think that the new animated creep is going to be the creep from this. And point that's forward. fine. Um, but it's just, it, you know, I I understand that like I, mean, I think Shutter is getting stronger and stronger as a streaming service. I think it's getting more like I mean this is my own take on that. Maybe I don't know, but I think like stuff with like the last drive-in with Joe Bob, like things like Creep Show. Um, they have a know. couple other series that like yeah. I mean like some documentaries, and I actually just started watching Dragula, which okay. is yeah, it's it's a really interesting uh, competition show on there, and you know there's a lot to enjoy from the from the streaming service and honestly the, the amount of money you do you have to pay towards it is not bad yeah so that's what i'm saying i feel like this is one of those ones that isn't like if if you had to pick like you know desert island very limited internet you only had to pick one streaming service um maybe for some of you guys this would be the one and that's perfectly okay it wouldn't be for me because i want some other things to, to get into too right i think that with the price point and also they they want to be like you know they always want to be included and you're like these are the ones they keep active subscriptions for right so so there's money to be had here i don't know how they do the budgeting here or the planning um, it's just, and we have one more episode to go in the season, so we'll see where that ends up at. But I, I think, especially since you and I have been so keenly aware of watching how 
with the original Twilight Zone, they started watching budgets, and you could definitely see ones that were really trying to do much with nothing, and like, um, like it just it it doesn't help the product. Not that I'm saying you need a blank check for Creep Show. I don't think you do. No, um, but I think having a little bit more like steady hand and, and I, and that's not even the right word that can uh, maybe even the budget here is consistent between every segment of the season. I don't know. I'm not a money guy. It doesn't feel like it, you know, and it looks like it's a step down in some ways from the last season and the season before that. Um, I don't want this thing to co not coast is not the right thing. I don't want people to get hooked because of what, what came before. And then they're just like, Oh yeah, we can keep cutting budgets by 10% each season until it's just a cardboard creep. And then somebody like, you know, walk around with a mop on their head and be like, I'm the mop monster. Or whatever, you know? like, <laughs> that you know. might be more compelling than some of the <laughs> yeah. stories that we've seen. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'd like to be in the room while they talk about like the budget and what they're going to do for all six episodes. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it does feel like they, it is lopsided in how they do the presentation. Like, well, this is how much money we have. This is what we have to work with. And it's going to be one room or it's going to be, you know, we have no monster, so it's going to be all implied. Like, I don't know. Like, what what are those conversations that have to be had? Like, I, and I, it's like, but either way, it's sometimes these these episodes need a little bit more room to breathe and why how you present them. Yeah. You know. So that's why I think some of that comes back to the writing. Like, I mean, I'm not seeing either one of these segments are like poorly written because they're, they're in terms of storytelling, they're both pretty consistent, you know, in terms of what they want to do. That hasn't always been the case so far with Creep Show. You always right. have one that's stronger than the other. Um, I think that these are two different beasts so they can be kind of on their own thing and that's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, so I also think that if you, if, if writing, if in your mind, writing is an unlimited budget to start with, right? Cause you can put down whatever you want and then you could always pair away, pair away, pair away. I think you should always approach something with unlimited budget and then get, get an idea that works, that you like a story and a through line that works. And then they're like, okay, well you have $7. You're like, okay, well what could I do with the $7? Like that's where you start finding like, can I, can I get to, you know, can I get to point Z? with this and not, ha you know, I don't know. Like it's just, did we need like some of these sculpts for the monsters have been cool. And I know that's part of the draw for, for the series. Like, did we necessarily need like a full body Subaraya monster? Like, did we need, you know, a full siren? Like I, they're all like, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't appreciate practical effects. I absolutely do. I think, you know, like actual makeup effects, actual prosthetic work, like so what, what people will call as in camera, Meaning it's shot in front of the camera. It's not added in post. It's not, I mean, some of this, I mean, everything's digitally assisted now in a lot of ways. Right. But I, I will always go for that. I will always respect that first, but just because you can, I mean, how much money goes into that versus, I don't know. Like it's just, it's, and you're fine. You know, most of the, if not all of it has got to be farmed out to K and B. So it's like, if you're doing a lot of that, uh, I don't want to say animation work, but like all that, that makeup work and that it's probably going through your own company anyway. So it's like, I don't know. I don't, uh, and maybe that's even the way they're, they're trying to save some money to get like what they can on screen. We don't even know what the fight is. If there right. is even a fight, I think shutter is, I think it's owned by AMC, which I think I've talked about that before. I believe so. Yeah. And if that's the case, cause uh, it is a partner. Of okay. It, so if you go back and, and look at how AMC uh, messed around with the walking dead, uh, from season two forward about how they try to cut budgets. Cause it was the one prestige show that they had on their streaming service. I'm sorry, on their network. Cause they, they, they didn't own mad men. They only, I think they, they didn't own that outright. 
they only owned part of Breaking Bad at the time. So these shows were both big, right? And The Walking Dead was the one that they owned completely. So they would go and tell um, Darabont, like, because like, they're going into season two, they're like, yeah, do you have to show the zombies all the time? Like, like, uh, can we just hear them sometimes? Like, they were starting to give him really, like... Weird limitations. Yeah, and it's like, and he got really frustrated. So we had that. a lot more featured zombies and then a lot of crap. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to guess that if you go along the way, that's why season two, which I've not really... I've, yeah, I love the idea of The Walking Dead. I'm glad it exists. I just, I, the first season was cool. And the second season, I guess, takes like 7,000 years on the farm. And there's a lot of that because of a lot of treading water because they don't know what to do because production wouldn't let them do anything other than that. So that's this. My discussion here is supposed to be about Creepshow, not The Walking Dead. Right. But if if the umbrella is AMC, um, they've had a history of saying, hey, we like we like um, people watching our stuff. We don't want to pay you a ton for it. And, and there's a trickle effect here. Yeah. They they see what uh, Greg Nicotero has done for the product. Like I mean, Walking Dead. Yes. If 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 it wasn't for Greg Nicotero, it probably wouldn't have existed as long as it did. There is good storytelling there, and Frank Darabont like being a part of that. Great Kurtzman. Yes, great all that. But K and B was a driving force for that mm-hmm. because. If they had anything less than that, because I, I mean, there's a lot of makeup company makeup companies out there. They could have dialed it in, and you could have had some of these. What Z Nation? Please, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've not seen Z Nation. I know. Also, there's that new uh, Day of the Dead TV series that, which it, the makeup looks great, yeah. Matt. But like, there's yeah. a lot of companies that are up in their game after Walking Dead. Okay, and it's because of K and B. That that was a driving force, and it lasted as long as it does. It does, and it's still going. And we still have things that are going to exist after the comic book. So thankfully, you know, we have Greg Nicotero, who is that mastermind behind all that, and he wants to continue this with Creepshow. But I just have to say, put it back in the oven for a little bit, just yeah, a little bit longer. I, I think having a six episode season like come around like once a year around October, I think it's, I think that's a perfect perfect amount of episodes. Right. Uh, and then you got, you know, all this other time to, to get it right, you know, and, um, and that's all like, I'm, I'm find the best moving pieces for all of it. I I think that there's a way which we talked about in the last episode, there's more storylines out there. I would love to see a love to see an interpretation of those and it could still exist in the creep show universe. Oh, for sure. So anyway, um, like, yeah, I think that's going to do it for our discussion here about, uh, timeout and the things in Oakwood's past. Um, mm-hmm. like, like, I hope you guys enjoyed this discussion. I, I think we had a very good, uh, a, a very good and, and scholarly discussion. Um, we both hit away in a time wardrobe between segments just to, to bone up on things. Right. So we're now 10 years older than we were when we started this episode. Uh, Terry's beard is now on the floor. It's been, it's, you know, it still works for me, but it's what's what we're at. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, um, before we talk about what we're doing next, uh, you guys can find us on Facebook uh, at Strange Highways. You can email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast.gmail.com. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. If you're enjoying this conversation, enjoy our conversation about the Twilight Zone. Um, the more the merrier. Uh, please recommend us. Uh, it is spooky time for another few days. I, well, I mean, Terry's mind spooky time all the time. So uh, it can be spooky time all year long. It's fine. Um, well, you're damn straight again. Yeah, just don't don't <laughs> don't push me during the summertime. That's what I'm saying. Like I need I need my summer times. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like if you like our conversation, let other people know it'd be great. And Terry, how can people find us otherwise? We are on Instagram. Check us out on there. Follow us. Give us some likes. 
give us some love. Yeah, and um, we're on Spotify too. Like you, you know. Yes, uh, I, I mean, you know, like Paul says, like we're on different services and that. If you want to share us on Spotify, you can do that. That's a yeah. thing that you can do on Spotify. That's really fun. So if you're listening on Spotify, please share this. Uh, it, we'd love it. Uh, we we're trying to get more listeners. Uh, we are. We are self-reliant. We don't have uh, promoters here, and that uh, we do this all out of pocket. So. Yeah, we're, we're sponsored by Big Monster. That's big, a, that's big, <laughs> big, big monsters waiting. Yeah. Yeah, all right, that's, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> waiting for payment. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so please uh, give us some love and uh, share the love. Yeah. All right. So let's just talk about what we're doing next. And now. Mr. Serling. So next episode of uh, Creep Show is going to be the season finale for season three. Uh, it is uh, episode six. It's called Drug Traffic and a Dead Girl Named Sue. Uh, as long as it's not like a dead Johnny Cash. Well, it could be a dead Johnny Cash walking around um, just, you know, beating up people. That'd be fun. Right? Because, he, well, he wrote A Boy Named Sue, right? Yep. Okay, there we go. So I'd, I thought I knew things about music for a second. I, I'm normally wrong. But anyway. I was surprised for a second. I was like, wait, wait man, what? you Where'd know you, better than this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, and I've not been drinking tonight. So you guys understand that my brain is completely dysfunctional regardless of what I've had or not had. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Have a good week. Uh, actually, this is going to be the last episode we actually get out before Halloween. Uh, so everybody have a good Halloween. Have a spooky and safe Halloween. Watch a lot of scary movies. Watch, you know, eat a lot of candy. Um, just have a good time. It, you know, like... It's been, it's been a long year this past seven years. Uh, so um, just enjoy and get spooky. Uh, check your candy if you get it from my house. Mrs. Gomez gave you all assignments to guess what's in the time capsule. What do you think is in the box? If I had a box, I'd put toys in it. I think they put in lists of friends in order of how they like them. With Jackie at the bottom. My dad has a box and there's lady pictures in it and none of them are mommy.